0: Spoking fucking fucking metal bloody (laughs) fucking show.
1: Good afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Coop and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. Just want to say a big thank you to everybody uh, over the last show, the last show when we spoke to uh, Youssef uh, uh, about metal in Afghanistan and the scene there and growing up and listening to metal in that sort of environment and that sort of country and uh, under that regime and government. Fascinating uh, insight into that, into that world and the episode was wildly successful. What does what does wildly successful mean? What does success mean for for, for a podcast? Well, yes, the, the clicks on social media interactions went 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 sky high. Mainly, I imagine because the current climate is in the news and 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 being talked about, and it probably pulled some people in talking about things like the Taliban and Afghanistan. But I think that we can all agree that. The, the deeper thing that was talked about was that was metal in, in itself and music surviving in those sorts of climates um what did what it, yeah what is what is success did it, was it popular because of the clicks or, or anything like that well for me it was really successful because of the feedback that I received and the messages that I received from a lot of people I expected to maybe cop some shit, uh, about about talking about something that was political and having a political side to it in reality there was only positivity and a lot of people got back to me and said it was maybe the best episode i'd ever done which which was hugely uh, appreciative a huge i really really appreciative of, of that because as much as i want to entertain i want to help and, and shine a light on on various things in my own small way that i can about issues that maybe we're not aware about you know the 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 stuff that we see on the news isn't the whole picture the stuff we read online isn't the whole picture so to speak to actually someone experiencing that is incredibly useful, I found, and, and clearly everybody did as well. And from that, there was a slew of messages of people and, and people I've been in contact with to help me talk to other people all around the world and in different communities and different scenarios where they are listening to metal and have a metal community. And I found it really, really interesting. So I'm slowly going to work through what is a massive list of, of people, which was which fantastic. And that list, for me, starts with a, a really, really important person um uh, dominic Koenig uh, or pumper as we will later find out why he's called that and we'll refer to him as is someone from from germany and i wondered about the german metal scene i've toured over germany many times and i've experienced a small amount of but i wanted to really understand what was going on from his perspective um be a bassist in, in stillbirth you know and ibanez and dorsey uh, works for you know death fest and he has his own studios dpk studios the work that, that Dominic is doing is incredible. On, on virtually every level, he's helping bands he, his, his entire life. It, it is metal and the whole community um, and death metal and, and grind and slam. And he, he talks really honestly about what's going on and really openly about things. Got a wonderful sense of humour, wonderful sense of humour. Uh, and it was just interesting to see his side of things and what was going on with the scene. Germany's a vast country and there's many different regions with many different fields and and, and things going on. And it was, like I say, very interesting, I found, to talk to him about that. I mean, I'm going to put links to the various bands that he's in. And at the end of this show, I will play a a song by Stillbeth because that's the other thing that people were requesting. They were like, you talk to these bands, let's hear an actual song by them. And quite rightly so, we we will put that at the the end of, of this particular conversation. I was going to talk about putting it in between, but I think it breaks up. I want to avoid... Anything that stops the flow of the conversation that I'm having with someone, so that's why I don't have adverts. You know, that's why I don't cut it halfway through saying, come listen to my podcast on Facebook and whatever and all that type of thing and social media. I don't do that because I prefer to present it as a, as a conversation that you're involved with, that you're sitting and listening to as well. And I think that that bodes better for the conversation. So I would probably bracket it with uh, with a song each time and I will put a stillbirth song at the end of, of this particular particular conversation. I guess say Dominic I uh, I put links to the various projects he's involved in and he's involved in a lot um but it was superb to chat with him he offered to to I'm going to be getting interviewed I think by him on via Instagram live with his band and hit the projects he's doing and it was wonderful I cannot wait to go over there again and 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 catch these bands live and he's given me a list of of bands I should be checking out and and and, and that's one of the other sides of it is that you know we don't get to see some of these up and coming bands until they break on the internet if you will and so it's nice to get a bit of an insight into these bands before they do and there's a great scene there's a superb scene i mean aside from anything you know Pumper's is a great a great player as well he's a great 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 bassist and he was just showing me all these bands that are definitely worth checking out of which obviously still is one of them but it's also the work he's doing as an audio engineer and he was explaining the things he does online and works remotely with bands as well and he is constantly doing that so I really would suggest checking out everything he's done, all of his work. I'll I'll I'll, I'll post some links as I, as I always do, and I just want to say thanks again for, for for all the messages. I am working through the list of people that now. I Joe, you know, I often wondered. I was like, will I run out of people to talk to on this show? And and I, every so often I look and I go, mm, maybe I'm running out of my list of people, and it just explodes again. It just becomes this massive list again of people to to talk to, and that's where you come in as well. I'd like to get everybody to suggest people I should be talking to, bands and people, and which countries do you want to, are you interested about hearing a scene from? You know, let's let's talk about that, and we can do that as well, as well as, you know, other people involved in in the business. As a sidebar to that, I'm working on something hopefully quite special and that's coming up, two things that are quite special, one with someone I've been trying to chase after for quite some time and someone that's recently come on my radar, both very noticeable personalities and it'll be great to talk to them as well as working now on the spoken metal show in a live context now we're fully out of the pandemic and the restrictions have been lifted so to speak we're not quite all there yet but we're getting there i start work commences back on the uh the spoken metal show live but that's for another day for this day and for now this is my conversation with pumper Ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, really, really nice to, to introduce my next guest. gentlemen. Uh, this has been suggested to me by uh, friends of the show, Joe Mortimer, uh, a very pivotal part of the scene in Germany at the moment. It's it's nice to welcome Dominic, and I'm going to butcher it, even though I've, I asked how to pronounce it, but Kooning? Koenig? Koenig? Koenig, yes. Hey, Koenig. Hello,
0: everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but for the purposes of this show, we, we are going to refer to him was most of, of the people in his scene will know him as, as uh, what are we saying? Are we saying... Pumper, is that right? Pumper, yeah, Pumper. <laughs> hey, Ladies and gentlemen, Pumper. <laughs> welcome Pumper to the show. <laughs> hey, hi, Mark.
0: Hi, audience. How are you doing out there?
1: <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, uh, you've been really busy the uh, last couple of days, so it's nice to, to, to get a little bit of time with you. Uh, for those that maybe aren't aware, and I will put links to all the bands that the Pumper's involved in, he's extremely busy, and there's a lot of stuff we want to cover. Um, your studio, the band's uh, working with death Fest and that type of thing we, we will get to them for most for most of the interviews that we do we always start with the the beginning of you hearing music and uh, hearing metal and your first discovery of it what was like that like for you in germany all right um Uh, I don't
0: even remember the first metal song I ever heard I think it was like even if it was more kind of punk rock thing or whatever was self esteem from the offspring I guess on uh, music television back in the days and if you remember the music video clip with the x-ray and rah 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 that somehow went straight into my head and burned in there I'm not even sure maybe (laughs) if it but that was that definitely stick as a memory from uh, <clears throat> from my younger days as a kid and uh, I think I started listening to metal started listening yeah like in when I was 11 or 12 or yeah something like that because my best friend from school back, uh, back then in the days his father was the biggest Metallica fan ever, and still is, sure. I guess, and therefore he got us into, yeah, uh, hey guys, listen, hey, this is Metallica, and you don't want to listen to that pop shit and whatever, <laughs> and from there on, then Slipknot popped up, and uh, Limp Bizkit, like, yeah, I'm born in 87, so I'm also quite a bit old and uh yeah and therefore yeah i started with like with a new metal thing and then like my first extreme or death metal band i ever listened to was like uh, cannibal corpse that was actually my first ever bass lessons i had back in the day because my bass teacher uh asked me yo what are you listening for music and blah 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 and i was like yeah like i like this new metal crossover thing and and he was like yo do you want to hear a really crazy cool bass player in a really brutal context and then he showed me hammer smash face and i was like oh my fucking god was, <laughs> what was this and from there sure. on i yeah i dive directly into like death metal grindcore fresh metal kind of thing and Totally <clears throat> went around that uh, heavy metal, whatever, soft metal kind of thing, and just got full into the extreme manner.
1: <laughs> sure. For, for, and, from my experiences at uh, going to Germany and Wacken and, and things like that, um, there's a there's an incredibly. Was it the same in the nineties? Was it really healthy live metal scene then? I imagine it was pretty pretty great around the nineties.
0: Yeah, and it's it still is. Uh, of course maybe not in the last two years because of the corona thing mm-hmm. but uh, normally here in uh, germany or at least in nrw uh, which is the most populated county here in germany you can go at least to two concerts or three concerts a day if wow. you want e- even more i guess and there are so many shows not not only in metal because we got everything here we got jazz rap everything you can go to a show whenever you want basically and when it's not corona pandemic but uh, normally it's a really crowded place especially in my area and therefore it's awesome to go to shows when it's possible again to have that normality back i would say and uh, yeah it's crazy cool and the live scene i think germany got one of the biggest live scenes and the people Mm. are so connected in here and yeah, we can talk about that later on, sure, <laughs> I guess.
1: Yeah, well, I suppose the, the the natural question is to talk about, for those that don't, don't know, ladies and gentlemen, Pumper um, you know, is, is a bassist. Um, what i suppose why the bass? why why gravitate towards the ah base? yeah may,
0: maybe we can we could start a bit more <laughs> more in the early days <clears throat> yeah i'm i grew up uh, in a really small village and uh, my father used to play trombone in like an orchestra and therefore therefore from 6 years on i started like starting with a uh, wood flute and then i straight went off to playing tuba like which is the biggest brass instrument next to the sousaphone but if you want so it's a german sousaphone or the european sousaphone and uh yeah since i was like the The little fat guy back then, hey, Pumper, (laughs) you're going to play the tuba? (laughs) And that's actually where I got my nickname Pumper from. It was like my uh, my bass teacher who taught me tuba back in the days. He was like, hey, Pumper, stop blowing your cheeks when you play because I was the people in the audience won't see it now, but you will see it now. (laughs) Um, I was like, and then he was like, Hey, Pumper, stop blowing your jeeks. And then he was like calling me the whole time. Hey, Pumper, Pumper, Pumper. And from there on, I got, I got that nickname. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And from there on, I started playing uh, electric bass with like 13 years and
1: since then rest is history maybe <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, was it I... was it easy then when you were discovering new music like like let's say the the, the mid to early 90s um, how did you how were you taking it in was it all stuff that you would download would you go to the would you go to was there a record store was there a place oh, where you would
0: for me it was more like end of the 90s when it was like 10 or 12 i bought my first cds like maxi cds when you remember that i'm not sure yeah. how old you are maybe you're a bit older than me a little older all right <laughs> and uh <clears throat> yeah and uh since uh oh yeah like i mentioned before since i grew up in a small village like we had a dedicated internet connection which was fast enough to <laughs> download stuff and that sure. like quite late i would say it uh compared to my friends who lived in the next biggest city or whatever where they were faster with internet and therefore i got music from them or i went to or walked or drove to a shop and bought stuff like that or even on mail orders like back then and because like in school like as everybody knows like there's only like five metal people in school when you are (laughs) in school and uh yeah one of my friends he um, ordered regularly on the EMP magazine. I'm not sure yeah. if you guys know it in yeah, yeah, the UK, still,
1: but that's still a thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it's, yeah, the biggest mail order, mm-hmm. I would say in Europe for metal and rock. And yeah, that's where I got all my first t-shirts from and stuff like that. And here in, uh, in Dortmund, which is a city also here in NRW, there's a store called Idiots Records, which is like maybe the sickest metal shop I've ever been into and they got like loads I think they got they run the shop over 30 years by now or something and it's like it's crazy it's crazy you get nearly everything and that was like I that was like 50 minutes by train from my hometown and i just went over there on saturday mornings like with my friends hey let's buy some new cds and whatever just with train and back then i wouldn't do i maybe i would do it today again uh but uh yeah (laughs) it's different and (laughs) easier if you can do you
1: remember Go into live shows as well then did, did you start going to live shows uh, even at a small level did you start going yeah to yeah
0: like uh, pretty early on i think i saw napalm death was mm-hmm. 16 or 17 if i remember correctly that was on the order of the leech tours it must have been around 2000 what 2002 or something two or I'm, three yeah 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 something like that that was my my first real metal concert like and yeah for then i pretty on or as soon as i got my car with 18 like the fun fact about the napalm death show was my parents drove me to that show and <laughs> th- that uh, the location where it was was more in like a industrial kind of area and there mm-hmm. were a couple i think 3 or 4 clubs around on that location and my parents were like oh what the fuck are you really going (laughs) there and (laughs) and my other friend he was like 16 who was with me and yeah we will pick you up at like give us a call directly after the show (laughs) and it was (laughs) it was crazy good experience and yeah my my first like crossover concert or metal concert that was with like 14 i think that was in the in the local uh, disco or what do you call a local club how you want to call it whatever and they played emil bulls i don't know if you ever heard them they're quite mm. big nowadays but they're mostly in germany only like i'm not sure they're <laughs> new metal band kind of and back then they i liked them pretty much and therefore they played Close to my hometown. Let's go there. And yeah, then when I got my uh, driving license and my car was 18, I started to drive around and see like more, more, and more. Uh,
1: for, for the for the listeners at, at home, and I'm sure most people are aware, but if you're not, Germany is a massive country. It's it's huge. It's huge. You can go. There's many different regions with many different vibes and feels and looks, and you can go from industrial. To um to forests you can and it's it's massive. Anybody that's ever toured Germany will know that the, there's quite a few hours difference between going to various places. Um, yeah. so you, you you kind of got totally freed up by being able to drive. Did you have this kind of? I'm going to go to all these shows. Then you must have done yes, some, yes. some miles. That,
0: and that was like because I was obviously I was the only one in my shit little village. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not really shit village, but in my small little village. village. Yeah, tiny little village. Who (laughs) was into metal? The only one with long hair, dressing black and stuff like that. And yeah, it was like maybe some of the audience feel the same about when they think back and uh, they're like the outsider whatever and therefore i was happy because all my friends were into metal and stuff lived outside in the city and my village was that small that's the last bus on the weekend drove at saturday noon (laughs) Therefore, I was really happy and free to go as I got my car and the driving license. <laughs> and yeah, from there on, I tried to connect to as many people as possible. Mm. And yeah, from there on, like pretty soon or early on, I met Lucas, the vocalist for Stillbirth. Mm. And <clears throat> I joined Stillbirth in 2005. And yeah, since then I'm playing in there and we're active and more than ever, I would say.
1: <laughs> it's it's um, interesting that when, when I talk to people on the show who meet people who are into the same music first and they become friends, they go to shows and get drunk together and that type of thing. And then a band follows afterwards. Like normally now, because the scene's quite accessible and you you know most places have a some form of metal scene, you can yeah. go and meet people and form a band first before your friends. But you meet Lucas and your friends first, discovering all this great music, and then you decide to form a band—is that what happened?
0: Uh actually, Stillbirth uh, or Stillbirth was found by Lucas in '99, and right. at that point, when I met him, the band was on a little on a little break or something because there was member switches after the Happy Stillbirth uh, demo or Happy Stillbirth Party demo they recorded or we recorded back then. I wasn't part of the band back then right. but therefore since there was the first major member change the band was a little bit on hold and lucas was oh, yeah i need some new new musicians to get the band rolling again and yeah when i joined we started writing new songs and yeah from there on we worked it out again and of sadly with a lot of member changes and some were necessary some were somewhere like the way it is when you that's, that's get what older. One, yeah. Yeah, like family comes into play or mm. personal career level and whatever. It's like,
1: yeah. So, so you um, was it's... you were saying you started with uh, Cannibal Corpse, which is a lot of people's entry and, and things like bands like Napalm Death or a lot of people's entry into the more extreme sides of metal. Some people stay with the rock side like Metallica and that's everything. But then people often as they move to the more extreme stuff and we'll talk about grind and thing as, and slam as we go on. But yeah. they often find Cannibal Corpse and Napalm were were very much entry bands into those sort of uh, areas because they were the first sort of bands to break out of those those genres. Was there other bands as well you were listening to when you when you uh, you joined? Still Stillbirth that uh, that you were kind of listening really heavily got into past Cannibal Corpse and that
0: yeah like like of course like when i was younger and the internet wasn't a thing like well not like nowadays it's as you remember like back in the days and i was like when i bought whatever cd when it was a napalm dev cd or whatever oh what kind of t-shirts are those bands Uh, or does the band members wearing and then i was trying to get a cd from whatever like this band or that band and soon i discovered suffocation and stuff like that and got into that heavy stuff and mm. then a friend of mine gave me a cd with a bunch of mp3s on and lucas gave me a shitload of music back then and therefore it's expanded and yeah. at some point i was deep into the
1: <laughs> <laughs> is, is isn't it interesting well um with all the internet that we have now, and you can listen to bands in a second, you can find them on, on the internet and so instantly listen to a whole band's back catalogue. But even still, it's nice to have someone to go uh, listen to this band and a bit of a gatekeeper and someone to kind of point you, listen to this band or check this band out. It's always nice to have... I have a few people in my circle that when they say check a band out, I instantly go and check all their stuff out. It's nice yeah, to yeah, have I got, that still, isn't
0: it? That's right. And yeah, I got also a couple of friends who I definitely rely on because... Since I'm working with music nearly every day, therefore I don't find the time, don't won't find the time, whatever you want to call it, to check out new music. And because when I'm eight hours into mixing or whatever, then the last thing I would do is like sitting down and, hey, let's listen to the newest Devcore whatever record. And now when I get time for it or when I hang out with those people, then, hey, do you get any new stuff, which would be interesting for me? Because... <clears throat> most of the time when i'm listening to music it's more kind of the analytical hearing kind of mm. thing yeah from the, with my engineer ears right yeah like oh which snare sample did they use what yeah. kind of effects or what yeah what plugins being uh, ah. used yeah, yeah 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 the, the yeah. disease which comes with the with the work <laughs> we, we, we should at
1: this point ladies and gentlemen say that uh the pupper is is, a, is an engineer and a producer and has this a, a studio um which we, it's a good time to talk about it. it's dpk yeah. studios and i'll put links to this as well because you have worked with an enormous amount of bands an enormous amount of bands i mean i was looking through the list there's like vision of the Figments the uh from uk the, the harbinger from uh 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 corpse from uh i think new zealand uh bleeding heaven is it uh from germany germany all these bands i'd never even heard of some of these bands so i immediately ran and checked them out and they're absolutely so you've worked with some superb bands thank you and yeah and i love
0: working with those bands and and even with more bands and there's lots of good stuff coming up and i always try to do the best at dpk studios to get the best out of the band when I got the chance to record the band on my own then I tried to push it beyond the limits of what they are capable of Mm. or try to spice up things in the production or whatever and yeah sometimes it's not possible when i do just like remote mixing and mastering stuff like that but it's always for, for me it's also because some of the bands i didn't even heard of and they just got in touch with me hey pumper do you want to work with us and oh what the fuck this is awesome <laughs> and yeah that sometimes it's uh it's really surprising when you when you work with like a band you never heard before, or even if it's, or especially if it's uh, like a new band or just local band, number 500, whatever you want to call it. And then Whoa, what the fuck? This is awesome material. And yeah, let's get the best out of it and push it to its boundaries. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, sometimes there's uh, hidden gems in there and <laughs> that's what I love the most. And most bands don't even know that they got that potential because nobody told them about it. And yeah, because like, I don't know if you had a band in your uh years of being in the metal scene and but uh yeah sometimes or most of the bands it's like hey yeah we we want to make some music as Mm. friends and yeah with no real vision in mind other than Mm. having fun with friends which should be obviously the biggest factor when you start a band like Mm. you want to have fun with your friends and
1: it's 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 difficult isn't it uh the um you can you want that, you want everybody to have a good time in the studio and enjoy themselves because that will come across on the record. But there is also the element of you, you, you have to push yourselves and you have to deliver and you have to really, you know, really try the best you can do with that record. And sometimes that means, you know, it being quite difficult and sometimes it means, you know, challenging yourself, you know, and that's i I've always thought that a good producer is able to walk that line quite quite nicely um you know yeah. some people force it too much and the record appears forced and overproduced and if you don't it becomes a bit of a mess because everybody was just getting high and drunk and it didn't really work yeah. out and it's getting that line in between so i suppose the the obvious thing to talk about is why why open a studio in the first place Bum? Uh, be- yeah, like I mentioned before, like I started doing music
0: since I was or I started with six years. And mm. from there on, I was always interested in music and also in the orchestra. I did some live, did some live sound. It was basically just running some faders when we had a gig and sure. there was no front of house guy because it's an <laughs> orchestra thing. And there were just some group mics for the different sections. And But that got me also into like more hey how does things work and like with my old bands back then i did some recording experience and also tried with like just putting a tape deck somewhere in the room putting a pillow over it that it's not overly (laughs) distorted and shit like that and yeah and then in i don't know in 2010 or whatever I decided, yo, let's go all in. And then I started my audio engineering degrees, which was quite a bit late, but maybe not too late. I don't know. I would be, if I could do it like again, like, but when I was like 18 and start over again, I would do a lot of stuff different because nowadays there are so much more possibilities than 10 years ago or whatever, when I started my the professional audio journey or to get deep dive into it. And yeah, in 2016, I opened up DPK Studios and it's still a long journey uh, of where I want to go, especially with my recording facility, because it's like not the newest facility and I don't want to spend too much money into that room (laughs) because the long goal is to move out of that room and to have maybe my proper own place but yeah there's a a little bit of a couple of thousand euros in between that <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it must it, it must also help being an engineer being producer it must help uh when you come to produce your own music and certainly you must have improved as a bassist after hearing many many different bassists and recording many many different bassists that must have improved your playing individually and then probably uh, your recording yes as
0: well. yes and no i have to admit <laughs> cause of all the production work and all the um all the knowledge that I gained over the last 10 years regarding audio engineering maybe the bass playing had to step back a little bit or maybe the getting better at playing bass i mean there's still I still rehearse every day and to get better and better and better. But if I maybe would have put in those last 10 years just into bass playing and not into production and stuff, then I would be ways ahead of that. But it's always a good motivation because maybe sometimes I have to re-record stuff maybe not no no never never
1: never <laughs> never, never. what well, ladies and gentlemen uh Pumper's being incredibly modest because i went back <laughs> and listened to all of stillbirth stuff and other music that we'll talk about in a little bit uh and and Pumper's a very good bass player and he's very good i mean i i've listened to some of the stuff um mm-hmm. on uh uh is it is it revive the throne and i uh, superb Absolutely superb stuff on, on there. Um, I, I will but, put links to that as well because it's, it's, it's some it's astonishing player, mate. It's astonishing.
0: Yeah, but I have to give some some of the credit you gave for the Stillworth bass playing also to our latest, or not the latest edition, but uh, mm. to our second bass player, Lucas kaminsky who joined the band in 2019. And it's a perfect addition because like, with the uh, two basses, it's like totally different level and it's new it's it's something new especially when you play with like yeah in extreme metal there's nothing ever happened like that I think maybe I maybe it is maybe not no I'm not sure I think I think
1: it's unique I think it's but uh, it's still
0: next level for us and Mm. he's like a good or like a good addition and also like good ass kick for me because like he's he's way above my playing skills and he studied music in like the netherlands and stuff and he's way above me playing wise and there's all it's always a good ass kick for myself to a hey, yo <laughs> I need to keep up with the young guys because he's like i don't know he's like six or seven years younger than me and i don't know yeah like
1: <laughs> it's it's a huge sound it is a a really huge sound uh, which i i i, I can say genuinely think that everybody should check out but so let's let's talk a little bit then about the scene uh what before the pandemic and after so All right before the pandemic in the uk and Certainly, in some places in Europe and and the states, the scene was in a, in a quite a difficult stage. Um, a lot of venues were closing. It was difficult to get people to come to shows. The yes. internet didn't really help. Uh, a lot of people were putting up Facebook shows and what have you, and no one was coming. Even though they were saying they were clicking that they were interested and going to go and all. Something. What was it yeah. like? What was it like in Germany for you before the pandemic? Ah, Before the pandemic, it was like,
0: hmm, I would say it was like a bit overcrowded, like uh, not the people on the concert that wasn't overcrowded or the shows itself. It was more like the amount of shows that was available. Like I mentioned before, you could go on three different metal shows in like... A radius of 20 kilometers or something and that's sometimes it's a bit different but since here in germany there's a lot of metal fans you can set that up with three, three different band or s- shows in a like small radius and people still will come to that show but mm. as you mentioned before with the internet the internet makes people lazy yeah including myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree yeah, but uh, it's... I also m- saw a switch, like, in, like... Because, like, maybe, like, 10 years ago, like, concerts were different. Like, people were, like... M- not everybody, like, filming shit with a smartphone and stuff like that, because that's what you see most. Like, that and that mm. shouldn't be the reason you go to a concert, just to mm. film it on your mobile phone and never even watch it again. Like, mm. that's what I... I may, I mean myself as the musician when I play a show and afterwards I see concerts from that gig hey cool that's cool but mostly it's like with shitty audio even if phones are getting better and stuff <clears throat> but it was like yeah 10 years ago the people were more into it but, but I think that was because they were not that lazy because of all the technical fancy schmancy whatever devices they <laughs> got with them nowadays and yeah. But yeah, I the last few weeks proved uh, a different thing that because we had like four shows now with Stilworth in the last three weeks, and that was incredible. It was an incredible feeling to sit in the van and be annoyed from your bandmates <laughs> for like eight hours one way. I missed it, yes, I
1: missed it, to be honest <laughs> I think that, I, th- I think with the, the camera thing uh, Yeah, that was, the, that was the The worst thing that the internet gave us That, you know, that people would film Really badly, everything, um, everything and, and it kind of saturated the internet With it, you know, especially if uh, a famous Band was, there was just phones Everywhere, and mm-hmm. I often see it As the, um, I often tell People you're allowed to take one photo And one video at a show, one photo One video, and that's it Uh, put put your phone away and enjoy the show uh because and and this may come as a surprise ladies and gentlemen but no one wants to see your videos of the show no one no one cares it's like showing someone your your holiday pictures or your family pictures no one cares they don't care it's it's, (laughs) you go to the show yourself and enjoy it and the problem is is that sometimes someone sees that video and if it's not very good quality, do th- you think that the band might not be very good quality as well? It's,
0: yeah, or it just, was just a, just a shitty moment where yeah, like whatever, the or, drummer fucked up or lost yeah. the stick and then that's on video and oh, yeah, no, I don't go to that show anymore or that yeah. band anymore. And, or instead of yeah. going
1: to the show, they go, well, instead of the travel in the 20, 30, 40, whatever miles it is to the show, I'll just watch the video later on and that misses the entire point of of, of the show itself yeah uh,
0: that's right i mean like when there is a proper uh, a proper live stream uh live stream set up for mm. that event that's cool why not but mm. that's a proper live stream then set up and not like a shitty phone like i also saw like one guy did like a couple of live streams like from shows and saw it i'm, I'm i think he was from the us or whatever and i saw some
1: bands getting pissed off from that but i don't know it's interesting yeah do if, if they're doing i suppose oh, i don't know it's tough isn't it if you if that's the only way you could see a band sometimes that's maybe forgivable if it's a band that's not even in your country that i suppose that's kind of forgivable it's yeah, interesting but... what you say about uh missing the scene though uh about you coming back after the pandemic being yeah, in that and... band traveling to that show and missing that that's really interesting
0: yeah, and like getting on stage and like Death Feast Open Air this year was the first show since last year October we played with Stillbirth, and it was such a great feeling. Like the most or uh, the best feel. Oh no, the, my favorite moment of every Stillbirth show is when we do the first kick with the first sub drop when it just makes
1: <laughs> boom,
0: and it's yeah. like quite in the first few bars of the intro and that's always the best feeling for me and at deaf it was such a good feeling because the people were just waiting and they were hungry and you could also mm. see it like on the first band on friday which played and or on the first bands it was like crazy there was so much energy even if there were a table in front of the stage to have the people a bit uh set set out from each other or separate from each other but it was just awesome that feeling to have that live feeling back and mm. also last weekend in switzerland it's the meso festival that was even Crazier, like we played there like in 2017 the first time, and this uh, year the second time, and it was even crazier than last year. Uh, the last time we played there, and the people were you can see you can just see it in their faces, like they are ah, hungry and waiting for live music, and that's that's crazy. And yeah, and the same happened in Czech Republic, that was like we played a lot of shows in Czech Republic, but uh, the audience. It's, I mean, they enjoy the show. They mosh heavy as fuck and stuff like that. But. After the songs, it's quite funny. I don't know why. They don't give applause normally, or at least at our shows. They don't clap that much after a song. And when we <laughs> played at the Nice to Eat You deafest like, two weeks ago, the people went nuts between every song. And it was, like, crazy. I never saw the Czech crowd cheer that much after the song. <laughs> and it was like, whoa, what the <laughs> fuck? And you could see the smile in their faces and, like, but not only... On our sh- uh, on our sets, also during all other bands, it was like just smiling people, friendly fun and or friendly violent fun in the pit. Mm. and I don't know I don't want to go too deep into it. I mean, we can be happy, or I'm happy that I could play the festivals and that the people could enjoy it. And I don't know, we will see how it will be next year. And I hope that we can go back to normal because why not?
1: (laughs) Metal tends to be, and certainly you know, death metal and, and, and that type of thing, it tends to very much be a crowd participation and an audience involvement thing, more so than maybe any other music that's out there. Uh, the the connection with the audience is is absolutely integral to the, the whole the whole show uh, you know yes. especially something like a mosh pit and something like a, a wall of death or something like that these are all things that I remember going to my first show a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, and it was the first time there was a pit, and people were like, "What, what do we do? Do we can we still yeah. do this? Can we still push each other around and stuff? Can we still do this? <laughs> do we have to wear a mask." Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, and everybody was like, "It doesn't fucking matter. Let's go." It was kind of like nice to get to almost like you say, kind of kind of back to normal. So, yeah, talk to me a little bit about your, the involvement you have with with the festivals that the, 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 the you put on the East Open Air. Yeah. Yes,
0: like. Um, uh, basically, I'm just the stage manager for the Deaf East Open Air, but uh, some people think I'm part of the organization. Uh, I'm clearly not. I'm basically i'm just a stage manager and help as sure. much as i can like with spreading around and just reading flyers and stuff like that but i don't have to do anything to do with like booking the bands or stuff that's all lucas and mike uh, mike's part and but yeah it's a deafies opener it's like since it's a small festival i have to do more than just uh, standing on stage and hey yo five minutes left and next band <laughs> get on stage on time right <laughs> that's sure. uh i would say that's the least amount of work on the festival just to do like hey i mean that's the most important part of my job as a stage manager to keep the running order in time and communicate uh, communicate with bands makes them happy if they need some water or whatever to drink hey here's a new bottle of water for you <laughs> sure. and just stuff like that. But uh, there's so many stuff which goes hand in hand with working on such a small festival as like setting up a day before the festival goes on or cleaning up or helping to clean up on Sunday when everybody is going home and stuff like that or whatever. And uh, it's fun. And for this year's regulation, normally at the Deaf feast we got like 1,000 200 up to 1,500 people as visitors each day and this year we had a limitation of 500 people per day and it was sold out on both days and of course it was different uh, because we had tables like I mentioned earlier uh, in front of the stage and where people should day together with i don't know maybe like six people at one table or however it was set up i don't know but uh it's <laughs> the first band people were going nuts with the table and there was one guy um he was like it's a, I think it was it's the second band and he was he got onto the festival ground in front of the stage and he was slamming his head on the <laughs> table and like eight times in a row and had like a big wound on his head <laughs> like two minutes after being on the ground <laughs> of the festival and it was crazy and yeah and sometimes it's uh, i had to say like hey guys please don't <laughs> do anything with the tables because they were moving around with the tables and standing on the tables and yeah i mean it's fun, but it's not fun if somebody falls down and I don't know, got a bleeding head or whatever. Like it's that's not fun. And that also happened. Luckily, the guy that was also the same guy who smashed his head earlier and like he fall from one of the tables and yeah he passed out for like five seconds but afterwards he was like fine again so nothing else happened and uh, yeah but later on the evening i'm not sure if i'm supposed to say this on live but everybody could see it in the live stream anyway uh yeah we moved the tables a bit offside, at least in the front rows, to have, like, a bit going on without fucking tables, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even if I had to announce it a couple of times hey be patient we are in a pandemic blah 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 yeah. we had like two wall of the de- uh, wall of deaths during the stillbirth set <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so calm- it was like you say you constantly say calm down take it easy put that when you're on stage you're like fuck it up <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <you're fucking> crazy <laughs> actually
0: actually Lucas told the people hey let's have a wall of death <laughs> Normally, normally we have a wall of death and yeah. uh, hey, it's Corona, but yeah, <laughs> in Czech Republic and in Switzerland, it wasn't uh, a, pro- a problem mm. either. And yeah, it was like, I don't know. I don't know, really. I don't want to talk about it because it's a shit show. It is. Yeah. What's, really
1: what's Torin Torin like now? Because you said you you had been to Switzerland and uh, Czech Republic and you're on, you're quite close to the Dutch and the Belgium border really on you um, yeah wh- and what's uh, touring like now
0: uh actually there were no border controls at all okay. nor in uh in czech republic nor in switzerland and we didn't had any problems at the border and i don't wow. i don't know like everything good and from the band we have waxed everybody and i did my test on uh this morning because normally i just want to be safe on my own like to do another test at home after a crowded event and that was also negative therefore everything is positive i think and uh, yeah and i'm not sure how it is uh, with the netherlands right now there because i didn't cross uh, or didn't been to the netherlands in since two years i think but i will go there in two weeks to the harry metal fest uh, which is also a cool festival and but i don't expect there any border controls or anything i've n- never been controlled on when i was crossing the border luckily right.
1: it seems <laughs> like uh it seems like it's going to be uh, a problem or, it, or the, the touring community in the uk certainly thinks that it might be a problem for plans coming over for the UK to travel around Europe. It seems like that that might have a few more problems than someone who was based in Europe will have. Yeah,
0: I guess so. But I'm I'm not really sure about that uh, Brexit thing or Mm. whatever because I uh, saw a couple of posts. Actually, Joe um, posted them about like touring uh, UK with a visa or no and touring Europe with a visa. And I really don't know what's up with that. And Mm. we didn't have plans to... Uh, go back to uk like next year or i'm not sure when we go back to the uk therefore i didn't bother too much with uh, that kind of topic how to get into the country and what and even with covid regulations i think if you are waxed and tested there's no real problem to go over to uh, to europe or to any country
1: i think at least well listen sure. ladies and gentlemen i promised but That we wouldn't talk about COVID anymore, so we're not going to, <laughs> and we're not going to talk anymore about politics either. Um, but there will be there will be people listening from all over the world. And all right, what cool. do you think? What do you think um, that maybe some people's preconceived notions of what German the German metal scene is like? Do you think people fully understand how uh, how it is over uh, in Germany, or do you think they have a different view of it because? from what i've experienced it's incredibly uh diverse and incredibly you know there's an awful lot of different styles going on and it seems yes. to be like i say a show virtually every night is so what is it what do you think people may think it is and what what do you hear to say it actually is um
0: for me personally i think it's the best connected metal scene in the world like the german community or whatever That's because like it's like, as you mentioned, we got everything in in Germany or in Europe, I would say, but let's talk about German and or the German scene. We got everything from rock to heavy rock to heavy metal, gothic, black metal, thrash metal. Like thrash metal is still a really big thing because of all the awesome bands like Creator, Zodom, Destruction and stuff like that. They're still really big like thrash scene and or speed metal scene like there are so many younger people like with 18 20 which are sporting spandex and high tops still even in 2021 (laughs) (laughs) sure but but it's cool to see those people because Mm. they are dedicated and like me like 15 or 18 years ago i was not that i was wearing spandex but i was also (laughs) wearing uh camo shorts and yeah like Mm-hmm. how you dress up as a metal head. Like mm-hmm. nowadays I dress a little bit different, of course, with metal t-shirts and stuff, but I don't try to be as hard metal as I was like when I was like 18 to 20 or whatever, or 16 yeah. to 20 when I had a battle West and stuff like that. And battle West or in Germany, we call it kutte And Kutter. that's kutte Yeah. That's still a thing. And uh, it will never go away. It will never go away. And Yeah, and it's crazy in Germany, but um, what I don't like about the German scene or the German fans, like when you play a show with your band and in every other country in the world, the people will come to you. Doesn't matter how often you played in that country, they will come to you. Awesome. Awesome. It was awesome. Fucking awesome show. In Germany, if uh, a guy saw you like two times and the first time was better, he will tell you that you... (laughs) 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 wow just brutally honest brutally honest yeah that's yeah yeah yeah, that's maybe a german thing i don't know Mm. and uh it's always good to get to get that feedback but it's always like fuck!" (laughs) (laughs) what what i've seen at
1: the the, the shows that that, that i'd seen in germany and and some of the festivals uh, it seems to be a case that that a german audience will give you a couple of songs to kind of win you over and if you do win a German crowd over they tend to be like all in they they really absolutely love you there seems to be a, a very much a, a quickness to be a diehard fan they will embrace if you're good they will embrace you wholeheartedly it seems yeah. to be from what,
0: what I've seen yeah Definitely. But that's um, that's my impression from, from every country, basically, where you play or from every audience or crowd you play. If you deliver to them, even if they don't know you, then you deliver to them. If you fuck it up, then you fuck it up, right? And that was also cool at the Meso Festival last weekend in Switzerland, because that is more like... Of course, extreme metal, but we I think we were the only brutal death metal band playing at the festival and bands like Cataclysm and Niflheim and Belphegor was also playing there. So maybe a little bit more mainstreamy, uh, mainstream bands compared to Stillworth, which is still brutal death metal underground and uh yeah and that was cool like to reach those people in the audience and there were so many people coming later on to the merchandise table and hey whoa i didn't know you guys and i want to buy everything from you now and that was crazy and that's what i love and that's the best feedback you can get from a show or after a show but you always see it when you play a show like of course we had like shows with stillbirth like years ago where we started with like 50 people in and maybe end up with 10 people in the room happens but
1: uh, yeah that's what difficult. that's one of the things that i noticed about some of the um the local shows that i, I would go to and play there was the there would be a, quite a nice sort of it wasn't just all brutal death metal or all slam or whatever it may be There would be sometimes a folk band would start the events and there would be a quite a, a nice mix of bands on it was a really a, you're in europe uh, certainly for me some of the bills are very eclectic and very kind of all different types of bands. And I thought that that was a wonderful thing to help, like you say, people discover bands, people who maybe yes. would, wouldn't know what a brutal death metal band is, but then would see you and go, actually, I really like that. Okay, is that brutal death metal? Well, I really like brutal death metal and would see that. And I thought that was a very healthy part of the, of the European scene.
0: Yeah and that that's what I love about it like because here in Germany we got so many festivals or had I will I will predict uh, I will just stay with we have like lots of festivals and there's also like with like when you go with the big metal festivals like Wacken Summer Breeze or even if it's not metal but Rock am Ring which is mm. one of the biggest festivals in the world and yeah, you got lots of mixed bands and even on those festivals like Summer Breeze, we played also in uh, at Summer Breeze in like 2018 and um, they were like, we were one of the most brutal bands over there because like the other heavy bands that played were like Dying Fetus and Malevolence, but that's still different from our music and even so, Dying Fetus is one of the heaviest bands in the world, it's like yeah they are the big thing on the bill, and yeah, mm. we are the small underground and yeah it's but the the small underground bands or the the extreme underground bands they got they got their spot nowadays on the bigger festivals, which is quite cool, and yeah. that's what I really love, and that's what I also maybe see in the audience itself, like that even more younger people come into the scene and Or that was my impression from the last tour we did in 2019. There were such lots of young people who didn't even know bands like Dying Fetus or whatever. But they because they that's young, a new generation, they grew up to bands like, I don't know, Volvo Dunia and or Within Destruction or Ingested as like the old school slam bands and not like. Mm I did grew up with devourment or internal bleeding or suffocation as the death metal pioneers back then, right? Mm. And so that's cool to see that switch. And I think even with bands like Within Destruction, like pushing the boundaries of slam or extreme death metal, like with new addition, they open up the gate uh, or they open up the door to... Elevate it to another plateau like mm-hmm. in the mainstream world if you want to call it kind of mainstream i don't know mainstream is like yeah. pop music and yeah. that's that's mainstream but there's still a, a switch and a thing and you can always see it um when you check out charts like there are metal bands topping in the charts and with lots of sales and because mm-hmm. people are still buying stuff as it yeah. seems and that's Quite cool. Well,
1: one of the things that, that I noticed happened uh, uh, over, like Germany's history with 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 heavy music and, and rock music, is that pre the internet, it would take a while for a scene to kind of happen in 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 Germany and in Europe. So, say something like thrash metal, it took a, a little while for it to kind of integrate into into European culture, and then when it did, it kind of it blossomed. But now, because of of the internet, the, the scenes are starting within Germany and within Europe now. Uh, which I thought was fantastic. Like you said, there's a, a really healthy death scene there. Uh, you know, the, these are things now generating from 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 inside Europe and inside Germany. So, in terms of German metal uh, that maybe some of the listeners haven't heard, and, and German uh, slam and death, who who should we be listening to that maybe we haven't we're not aware of? Um, <laughs> maybe it's easier for. Oh,
0: I will just try it with a with a first German band name. It's called and okay. <laughs> okay. They're a good friend of mine, and half of that band is also playing in Stillworth. It's uh, the drummer Martin and the second bass player Lucas. Uh, it's called Diaroe. That's basically diarrhea, but uh, <laughs> written in German. Uh, they are working right now on a new album, which should be out i don't know it's end of the year maybe it's the beginning of next year i'm not sure when it's done and they're kind of deaf grindy thing with lots of groove and they are definitely worth to check out um then oh, let me check i should I should have prepped some more. bands.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you have, you have the new EP by, by Stillbirth coming up, right? Um,
0: Yeah, it's coming out in November, but I don't want to advertise only my own (laughs) band. That's my job. That's my job. I will do that for you. Uh,
1: They've got an EP, uh, Strain of Gods, is it? Um... Yeah. Strain Strain
0: of Gods. Yeah.
1: And when's, when's that coming out? When, when should we look forward to it?
0: In November. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure about the exact date. Uh, I don't want to say something wrong. I could, i could look it up right now but i'm too lazy you you put up the artwork
1: um, and the artwork is very yeah we today we cool.
0: actually really uh we released the full landscape cover artwork mm. and as we did on the last three records or four records we did we always had a like a the artwork which you see when you have the CD which is like the small cover Mm -hmm. but if you have it unfold you get the full landscape and today we unleashed the whole thing and people seem to like it and I'm really happy about it and I'm pretty confident that we will stick up to that uh, awesome artwork uh, with the music on the new EP. And yeah, if you guys liked Revive the Throne, you will be blown away <laughs> <laughs> by the upcoming EP. It's like it's next level Revive the Throne. We We added some... Mm, new elements maybe but not too crazy and not too off from where we are at and therefore i don't want to spoil too much just wait for it and i think the the first video will be released by the end of this month or by the beginning of uh, october i'm not too sure because i didn't have any dates yet for that but um mm. Yeah, I'm not sure when this will be streamed. Maybe you can add it.
1: <laughs> it oh, <yeah>. in. <laughs> this 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 will maybe should go up before that would be good before November most definitely. But anything that comes up I will I will I'll definitely uh, copy in on there and definitely post on there because I thought everything I've heard so far has been has been great But If it wasn't I wouldn't tell you, but it is it's been great so far. And one of what I noticed particularly with the videos is the um the sense of humour. Um I yes. thought was was fabulous <laughs> because here's the thing. There are people out there that think that the, the German way of life is, is 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 very strict and very kind of, there's no comedy and humor to it. I'm here to tell you that is not the case. There is a wonderful sense of humor, very dark yeah. and very self-deprecating humor in there. And I thought that was fantastic yeah it, it is and yeah like some people still
0: see stillbirth as a joke band kind of mm-hmm. and maybe we were like not so serious on our first two albums like on placativa aggression and endgame is near maybe we took it with a bit different or a little bit different approach i would say maybe i don't know but um yeah those kind of joke days as you want to call it they Mm. are over and yeah (laughs) we are grown up from that but still like in germany we got like awesome comedians and uh, it's always fun and i love to make jokes in
1: german (laughs) (laughs) i think we're listening to most up in deep diving on, on on what you've been producing. But uh, I think the turning point was maybe like back to the stone Age. seemed to be t- uh, starting to take a turn to being more, not serious, but more kind of, you know, involved. Oh, yeah. Actu- actually, I, w- I wouldn't say that one because that
0: album hmm. is just basically a re-recording with best off album with right. old songs. But I think uh, the turning point was like global error, more or less, okay. like back then, because hmm. we had like... Uh, Lucas had to go back to vocals like he was like the vocalist back in the days like when Stillberg started out he was a vocalist and then we got our old sanger Um and then yeah Lucas was more or less forced into the role of the <laughs> vocalist again sure. and therefore he took like a different approach in like hey let's do like a concept album it's easier to write mm-hmm. uh, lyrics about that and hey we need a. Uh, we want to level up and we need a bit more of a concept right and mm. since then we've tried to develop it oh my phone just went on that's <laughs> crazy you're just busy <laughs> big brother is watching you but it's
1: inter- it's interesting it's talk because that's like so i go away and listen to uh Stillbirth and try and go through as much as i can try and listen to you because it's, it's fabulous but because it's sometimes out of order and not co- chronological, I don't see the progression. So something what I listen to is, like you say, almost like a best of or a collection of older stuff. I don't get to see in context. That's also one of the problems with streaming music, isn't it? That um, yes, you, you that, don't get to see that, a progression. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: right, and that's what I loved. Like when I was younger, when I was buying CDs, because when I was uh, hey yo, I discovered this band, and because of one of my favorite bands had that t-shirt from said band and then i started off like buying the first ever album and then i tried to collect like the whole biography of them like the Mm. whole back catalog right and yeah and nowadays it's so it's a different experience to listen to music nowadays because when i listen to music like when i'm driving in a car like i just put on a playlist with shuffle of course there there's music in which i know and love and also i add always new stuff which suggested by friends or whatever or discovered by myself but uh, back then you put in a cd in the cd player and you listened to it front to back mm. right mm. and i i didn't do that in like ages sadly and it was always a great experience like if you remember like the smell when you oh yeah when you have a new cd and read the booklet the smell of a freshly printed booklet (laughs) yeah
1: it sounds crazy doesn't it but it's true it's like yeah ladies ladies and gentlemen and some of you uh people who who like vinyl will will still do this but there was a, a ceremony if you will of getting a vinyl or a cd on the way home, because you couldn't listen to it until you got home, reading the lyrics, reading the back, exploring the artwork, then you would get home, you would open the, the booklet or the vinyl, and, and you would put the record on, like Pumper says, and listen front to back, and reading the booklet as well, and um, yes. it, taking in the lyrics and stuff, and that whole ceremony kind of connected you to the music, it kind of really, sort of, it, the two became connected, and then with the internet and streaming service and what have you, that part of it's been taken away so you don't have that ceremony there you just have the music and it's 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 rawly kind of delivered to you and i think it, it 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 really affects the listening to it it really affects your connection with the music you don't have that yes, anymore over the streaming and, thing
0: and the whole experience is like mm. different I, I mean like streaming should have happened when all those rapid share and whatever like Napster and stuff like all those downloads then that should have been the point with streaming (laughs) (laughs) from a point of view nowadays but that also killed for me the experience like because Mm. back then i was of course everybody was downloading music back then and Mm. it was like hey yo i can listen to this, this this and this and blah 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 like the stuff you didn't get somewhere in a mail order or only get directly from bands but you couldn't find it on the internet but it was still a different experience when you just got the mp3 ripoff mostly in bad quality and it was like i had so many cds which uh, i wanted to buy and but i didn't bought them because i only had a shitty mp3 rip and oh no i don't want to uh, spend money on that shitty recording right and yeah yeah, a couple of years later i bought some of those cds and then i was proof wrong
1: (laughs) (laughs) well this is this this is this is the other thing that you know uh, obviously piracy was was rife when the internet was kind of born and you know we had the whole napster thing and laws declaring war on people stealing music and, and what have you but as I yeah. often talk about on the show, you know, Lars was introduced to a lot of metal through tape trading, which is a, a form of piracy in itself. You know, yeah. uh, and it, the only time it ultimately becomes a problem is when it stops you buying the product from the, the person who makes it. Like you say, you know, I didn't buy records because I had the MP3, but now you realize that you should have bought those records because the quality of the music is much better. And it's yeah. like it's like when um, you know, streaming services and that sort of thing is not... It's not a new thing. Frank Zappa was talking about it, uh, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Um Now we're kind of at a stage where we're learning to deal with that streaming service and things like patron are kind of moving a little bit closer to connecting the fans and the music up again, a little bit more where, you, where the release of an album is, is an event rather than just uh, one day it's on and one day it's off type of thing, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I think the stuff you do with Stillbirth is is a good example of you trying to re-embrace the fans and bring them back and say look look at the work we put into the album cover and we want you to look at it we want you to study it there's easter eggs for example ladies and gentlemen on the cover covers of of the stillbirth album we want you to look at it and 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 pick it apart and and get involved and be kind of reconnect people with the music is that right
0: yeah and that's also what sticks into people's head because right now or since the pandemic stuff started like everybody is blasting out music or not everybody because lots of bands sadly are lazy because of the lockdown stuff but there's it's so short living with because you see or maybe I call it always some stopper when I oh here's the some stopper this is some stopper and then I try to analyze and then I also try to adapt on my own content which I post but like since if you put out an awesome artwork which is different and maybe with a couple of easter eggs in there which like will shit you bricks <laughs> or will make you shit bricks when you. <laughs> it's always fun and therefore we try to have a little bit more than just an album cover and it's always like i'm not sure how long the process of making this artwork and from the latest took but it was a couple of months and it's like it's crazy, like, where I saw, like, the full artwork in high resolution and stuff, and there you can zoom in, like, on the smallest pixel you will find, and there are so many details in there, mm. and props to that guy. I can't pronounce his name. He's, he's <laughs> got a long Indonesian name. I think <laughs> the short form is Agi. so props out to you. I love you for your work, and I love you <laughs> personally, too. <laughs> and, uh, yeah it's awesome he's a such a great guy and and it's we every time before we do like a before we start uh, or we start with a brainstorming about what should be on the cover and maybe let's add this maybe let's add this here and this and blah 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 and yeah and then we are with a basic concept and then we start to dig in let's add maybe this details or how about this easter egg how about that and blah 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 blah. that was also we said uh, one meme cat is it called smudge lord i don't know yeah. <laughs> the cat yeah. is named. but uh yeah <laughs> he ended up uh, on the revive the Throne cover if you didn't know that by now people in the <laughs> audience check it out and let me know <laughs> when you find it
1: <laughs> cool.
0: and that's can we just talk a
1: little bit about, can you tell me about Border 9 then? Um, yeah, of course, of course. Because it, it's, it, it's a slightly different style, stylistically yes, yes, slightly and different. Um, tell, yes. tell me a little bit about Border 9 then.
0: Yeah, Border 9 is, uh, yeah, like um, they started off as a hardcore beatdown band and I yes say they because i just joined the band this year in may yes in may but uh they started around in like 2019 i think Mm -hmm. as a yeah more or less leftover band from an older project and since the guys are all friends of mine or the old band members were also friends of mine by the time we started working on their first ever ep and i always tried to be like the if it's like a five-piece band i want to be the sixth band member and try Mm. to put everything in there and yeah then by the time the i think it was this fourth lockdown in germany like the band had a member changing in like april this year and then i was like hey guys uh, because we were at the beginning of the year we were talking about new production new songs new singles and stuff like that and uh, then i took the opportunity to join the band and because i always wanted to have my own hardcore project because i love hardcore and mm. not only death metal but also hardcore and or beat down music and um, because that was also stuff i listened to when i was teenager and stuff like when the new metal wave that was also was a hardcore wave for me and uh, yeah still enjoy it and therefore i took the opportunity of course also to have another promotion machine for my studio itself but also because i love the music they play and want to level up and expand the boundaries of that band and Mm. because the new stuff which will also come out later this year probably in november too and um, that's also next level stuff and if you guys uh, heard the schlachtruf ep or also the uh, latest single language of violence it's uh different to the upcoming stuff because mm. we changed tuning and when like five uh no when three or five people uh leave the band there's always room for new members to try something new and therefore there was a total change in the lineup and therefore hey let's create something new but stay true to the roots but expand it somehow
1: you could hear you could hear definitely hear some of the roots there things like like old biohazard and things like that you can hear some 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 of the roots and you can hear the directions that they're taking did that kind of put you in front of different audiences playing with border nine uh Uh, it it was a slightly different scene sadly
0: border nine only had like two shows now (laughs) and before the fucking pandemic uh, yeah that was like (laughs) the last show was in like february 2020 i think and that was right. actually the release party of the schlachtruf ep and that was uh yeah that was one of the last concerts i visited before the pandemic mm-hmm. hit and therefore no shows yet uh, or no more shows yet and yeah we, we are trying our best to get a new live set going on with all the old songs because we focus right now on or since i'm in the band And uh, we focused more on writing new music, recording new music for the new EP. And yeah, that EP will be a banger, (laughs) I can promise you. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and there will be, I think that will be fun to go on stage with that Mm. that new lineup and stuff. And yeah, but for now, we just want to focus on the production side of things. And then next year, because it's not really worth to book any shows in advance for next year or whatever because it's mm. just too wonky to plan out things. And we, we want to go on tour with Stilboff also next year again, but it's, yeah, we had to cancel that tour two times already. Like we wanted to do it this year, we wanted to do it last year and therefore I'm not sure what will be happening next year. And But yeah, but I'm looking really forward to work on that uh is off, there a ch- it is there a, is there a chance Pumper,
1: that you're gonna you're gonna play pull double duty and play with both bands on the same night oh because um, joe, joe has
0: <laughs> yeah Meyer, <laughs> he's crazy both lucas of uh stillbirth they also had double duties maybe (laughs) i can talk about that later um i would love to play a double duty show with like stillbirth and border nine but i'm not sure if we will ever end up on the same billing because like that one is like yeah extreme brutal death metal that other is like beatdown hardcore down tempo whatever it's different and therefore it's n- most of the times here it's like when you get a hardcore show you got a hardcore show and if you got a death metal show you got a death metal show it's like of course there's some especially in the slam scene there's like mixed up kind of because uh the boundaries are flawless or the borders are flawless within like slam death metal beat down hardcore whatever you want to name it it sounds always the same like drop a with chuck chuck guitars <laughs> and the china symbol hitting on one and three <laughs> and uh, yeah therefore it's like i'm not sure we will mm. see what will happen there but yeah
1: because uh, the, the hardcore scene had lent some of its stuff to rap and and that type of thing as well and, and punk as well it had the, it has those elements so it, it, it is a very very different sound and a very very different crowd that would
0: yeah, mo- yeah mostly mostly the crowd is different and it's mm. also like here in germany we got also a big hardcore scene not only for mm. like hardcore metal or hardcore punk, as you want to call it, also for hardcore, uh, like, electronic music, like Gabba and stuff. That's also a big scene, but I'm not into that kind of music, and <laughs> therefore I can't tell you anything <laughs> about that other than it's a big scene in Germany, too. Mm-hmm. But um, about the hardcore, uh, the hardcore music we are into, um, that's, like, here in... Also in the NW area, there's quite a big scene and was even bigger, like... At the end of the nineties and up to two thousand ten or something. There was even bigger than it is now. And <clears throat> but the beatdown hardcore scene that is like really big in like East Germany and uh, there's like crazy bands from that East Germany and also from South Germany, uh, which and that is like my impression is that that, that this k- kind of beatdown scene is a scene within itself i'm not sure about how it is in the uk but uh, i think it's the same with like those crowd crowd killing shows as you want to call it like that or whatever i think you know what i mean like Mm. where people just going on to just beating up their friends because they know hey yeah i can punch him in the face and i will get two punches back just for fun and yeah yeah, that in context with heavy music hey let's go and (laughs) each to his own uh I try not to go into the pit anymore because I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> and al- always when I go into the pit, I get any injuries because when I'm in the pit, I'm in the pit. And uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. And I exactly yeah, you. I had like broken finger and stuff like that. And I don't want to have any broken fingers anymore. And, yeah, <laughs> Like I used to play in a cover band like back in the days uh too. and we played like we had a summer festival season where we played like yeah summer festivals here in germany and that was like top 40 pop rock cover band and once i had my my uh yeah my finger on the which is it called in england uh the, the, index, the
1: index finger so yes the index fingers yes.
0: yeah that, that one that one had a capsule or whatever broken and I had to play like with the, with the middle finger and the <laughs> ring finger and it was totally annoying and <laughs> because I wasn't used to use the ring finger for bass picking, right? Yeah. And that was totally annoying and that was a big lesson for me not to go too crazy in the pit anymore because I want to be able
1: to play music and... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> listen we, we, we're, we're over a, a million over a, an hour and, and some there uh it's been it's been really nice to talk to you Papa. it's all right it's definitely it's definitely someone so we well ladies and gentlemen we're going to get Papa back on the show at some point as well to talk about the the new ep and, and, and further projects that he's involved in um what a real treat a uh, nice window into what's going on currently and what's happened in, in, in europe and germany as well i appreciate that and ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dominic, now let's, let's call him like he wants to be a pumper. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. I
0: appreciate it yes yeah, thank you for having me if i can send out some greetings or whatever then i want to do that uh, yeah i want to give out a shout out to all the fans of stillbirth of border nine of uh this awesome show the awesome fucking metal show no that's not the name <laughs> but i wanted to fucking swear a little bit even more <laughs> sure sure keep swearing yeah well uh, i'm sorry if i fuck it up the the spoken metal show right that's right sir yes yeah, thank you that's Spoking, fucking, fucking, metal, bloody, <laughs> fucking show. <laughs> yeah, thanks for everybody who had uh, fun in here. Hit me up on Facebook or whatever, on Instagram. Uh, if you want to connect with me or get any questions, whatever. I'm happy to help in any uh, with anything. Um, yeah, then I want to give out uh, a shout-out to Unique Leader Records, our label with Stillworth. And it's awesome, people at Ibanez, Germany, because they do they produce the best instruments in the world, and mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> oh, I love those instruments, and yeah.
1: <laughs> How, cool P- and- How cool is cool is he knows, he's, he's a, uh, such an astute businessman and, and, a, <laughs> and a great bass player in Dorsey. You know, it's <laughs> amazing. Oh, what a fabulous guest. Thanks again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Pumper. So that was Pumper there, I think, yeah. I- what an what a absolute sweetheart. What a, a lovely bloke. And it often, quite as often, the case within the scene that the, the nicer the guy, the heavier the band. Um, that's that's a T-shirt right there. The, the, that often is the case, that these people who are super nice uh, also play absolutely brutal metal. And what the work he's doing, and the work he's doing with, with upcoming bands and helping bands and bands, he is truly one of those defenders of the metal. Truly one of those people that is always their supporting and helping you know like he talked about he lived in a small village and he had to travel to kind of help his scene and stuff he's doing that he's actually out there touring getting it done and making it work and creating the scene it's people like him that keep metal alive and that's that's not hyperbole it's 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 true it's 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 absolutely the case that he is one of those people keeping metal alive his band's new album will come up and i'll obviously share links and stuff and and, and post the hell out of that when when their when their ep drops and the various projects that that he's involved in, because there's some great stuff out there, some absolutely fabulous stuff that that he's involved with. Uh, I'll put links again, as I always do, on on this site, and I urge you to check out all of his work. Big thank you to Joe Mortimer on this episode, because he was one of the ones that kind of helped with the hookup there. I I, I think I'll get Joe on again, because he's just endlessly interesting to talk to, and I'll almost certainly get Pumper on again as well and talk to him, because there's so many projects he's involved in, For now, though, I'll leave you with Stillbirth and a breed of bestiality.